My friends, I'm so happy you are here with me this week to tune in to my chat with Bonnie Wallace. She's a dancer and an advocate of tuning back into our creativity. So we're talking a bit about her work and the workshops that she has been hosting virtually on Zoom to help you reconnect with your creativity. So glad you're here with us this week. Enjoy the show. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so excited this week to introduce you to Bonnie Wallace. Bonnie is a transformational dance teacher and creative coach that takes people from stagnation to stimulation through dance and other modalities with her holistic and invigorating approach. She incorporates many disciplines into her practice. Her movements benefit the whole body building strength and grace. Her Getting Creative workshops take women from stagnation to stimulation to generate creative clarity and expression. She uses a variety of simple but profound activities and modalities to dig deep and find out what inspires her students. So I'm so excited to share this conversation about all of these forms of creativity. I think that creativity, people think, oh, I can't draw, I can't paint. I don't want to tap into that. So I love that this conversation includes movement as well as other forms of expression. So thank you, Bonnie. I'm so excited to have you here with me. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you offering this time to me. And I, I love that you're creating these workshops at this time at which we're still hanging out at home and, you know, feeling a little disconnected. And I recently talked with someone else about she's created these huddle events where total strangers come into a room and ask some kind of interesting questions and then spark conversation. And I think that although we are experiencing a little bit of Zoom fatigue, when there's something really engaging, when we engage a different thought process, there's there's really good stuff that comes out of it. So I love this idea. How did this come to you? Well, I taught middle school children. I was teaching middle school children creative writing. And what I discovered in doing that was that it was very beneficial for me personally. Um, I don't think the kids appreciated the work as much as, as I did. And I got more stuff out of it. Once COVID hit and, you know, we're all behind the screens and we're all locked in, I thought, you know, the stuff that I was doing with the kids could really resonate for adults. And that's what kind of triggered it for me. As far as the dancing goes, I've been dancing for a really, really long time. I've been teaching dance for, for 10 years in the community at dance studios and whatnot. But of course, after COVID hit, that too became an online activity. So... I've got those two things going. And um, one of them, of course, I've been doing like the dance for a really long time. And the other one kind of hit me having taught the kids and I could translate that for, for adults. I really love that. And I love that you didn't just take it as, I mean, obviously we have to get resourceful. We have to figure out a way like, okay, my in-person classes are on hold indefinitely. So how can I 
keep my community engaged. I mean, you've got your group of students that have been showing up and dancing with you. And I mean, we need these opportunities to carve out time for ourselves, right? Absolutely. I mean, it does the body good, but that creative expression and play and movement and community of people who share their love of dance. You want to keep that going. So I love that you decided to take that online. And so those classes have been going all the way through the course of this last year. And then when did you start working in these workshops? Well, the workshops came about a little bit later. I got involved in Collaborate, which I think is where I met you. And that really uh, opened my eyes to new opportunities. So that's when I realized, you know, I could be doing more than just the dance. There's other opportunities out there. And I thought, what is that? And the classes for the children and the online thing kind of merged for me. I love it. And I think that's such a great example, too, of when we are looking for solutions, when we're just being open, we're in that open frame of mind, you know, those creative ideas do come to us right? If we stay in that fixed mindset, like I just have to wait until my studio can open again and life sucks. (laughs) But instead, you're like, how can I continue to serve and build my community? How can I make connections of other people who are doing great things? And that's what I love about the Collaborate community too, is that it is so many people who are really engaged and growing, you know, pushing ourselves to come up with more ways to serve. And so I think it's great to be in community with that sort of inspiration. Absolutely. And the technology has made it available to us. So we're really lucky that we're living in in this time of technological advancement and can use it. It is a trick though, right? I mean, as it is a trick. <laughs> people who end up in business, we end up starting a business because there's something that we're passionate about, but then we also have to be good at running a business. And now we also have to <laughs> become better at managing tech solutions Technology. now that it's online. So, so there's more aspects, but, um, but it keeps, keeps us on our toes, keeps the brain engaged and growing. That's right. And I think that, um, that spirit of play, I wanted to come back to too, you know, that opportunity to be creative. And as you were recognizing that what worked for the middle school kids, although they didn't have the full appreciation, they will in a few years when they know less, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) When they know less. But that opportunity to play and have fun and just make space for creative problem solving, I think is something that people don't give themselves permission to engage in because there's, there's a lot on our lists. There's a lot that we try to hold ourselves to. And then that just leads us to, to kind of be at the end of the list. We keep, you know, our self-care, our fun time gets pushed aside so we can take care of business. So um, what, in your opinion, are some of the benefits of being creative? Oh, there are a lot of benefits, but going back to your first point about not taking time for ourselves, I think one of the things too, is that there's some myths about there about creativity. And that is you're either creative person or you're not, you know, you're right-brained or you're left-brained. And if you don't draw or paint or sing or dance or whatever it is, you're just not a creative person. So people are like, well, that's not for me. I'm not a creative person. I'm not going to do it. But really we are all creative and being creative is about making connections. It's about making connections and also trusting yourself. So those are the two things you have to have to do. And I personally always wanted to describe myself as 
as a creative person or an artist. I had a hard time with that, even as a dancer. I could just never get my head around, you know, I'm an artist. And I always felt inside of me, I want to say that. I want to say, I am an artist. I am a creative person. And I and it took me a, me a really long time to be able to, uh, you know, be at peace with the fact that, okay, I'm a creative person and I can, I can do creative things. So I think, and I hear people all the time, you know, I'm creative, you know, very young people. Actually, young people, if you went into a classroom of like, you know, first graders or second, how, and you ask them, how many in here are creative? How many of you are artists? They'll all raise their hand. Then you go to college or even a senior in high school. How many of you are creative and an artist? Maybe one, maybe two, right? Mm -hmm. So we get that creative streak almost beaten out of us. I mean, not literally, but we're sort of yeah. told that, especially in school, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer, right? You either get the question right or you get the question wrong. There's no middle ground. So I too dealt with that. And now I realize that, that being creative is about making connections and, and taking things like you said earlier and, and re, refocusing them and making it happen. But I also realized I have to trust myself and allow that to be. Yeah, I think that's such a really powerful point. And it's almost going back down the timeline to that point at which we felt we had all this possibility where we didn't put limits and say, oh, I'm not creative because I don't do it right, you know? And then along the way, we get these influences or feedback. And then that, I love to call it inner gremlin, like Rick Carson, you know, starts to say, exactly. oh, well, that's not what you're good at. So you'd better stay in this lane. That's not your lane, right? <laughs> you don't get rewarded in that lane. Right. You better stay over here. <laughs> exactly. And like, even in art, you know, my kids went to an art school, a really wonderful art school but they taught you exactly how to how to paint a particular picture and then they were going to present some of their art in the coffee shop in the local coffee shop and i brought one of the pictures that my son did and it was of a evening sky but there was snow on the ground and there was smoke coming out of the chimney and it was really pretty and i happened to really like this one and the teacher said to me we cannot show this picture i said why not she said this picture was supposed to be done during the daytime but I allowed your son to paint it at night and paint it with snow, but it's not supposed to have snow and it's not supposed to be at night. So there is no way I can show this picture. My boss would fire me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's make a different picture then. But I could not believe it. I mean, here they are going to an art school and because they are so you know, you were supposed to paint the picture exactly how it was in the booklet. So she told me I couldn't pick that picture. I mean, you know, so this my mind is blown. I know it's like we wonder why we have exactly. so much recovery to do when it comes to giving ourselves I mean, permission to play and color outside in the, the class. Lines, right? She allowed him to do it and she didn't, you know, so I'm grateful for that. Like she wasn't like, no, you can't make that at night. And no, you can't put snow on the ground. So at least she didn't do that. But still, there, there's that conditioning, right? Where it's like, well, we cannot show that picture. My boss would, you know, that was not supposed to have snow and that was not supposed to be at night. Rules. Rules. <laughs> now, there are rules for creativity. And I kind of told you what they were, sort of. Number one, you have to trust yourself, right? You have to trust yourself, but you also have to trust that other people are not going to judge you if you're in an environment with other people and they're not going to say, you can't make that picture 
a night picture. That's so stupid. You know, you can't have that. That's that. Also. So those are basically the two rules of creativity. But I will say too, sometimes having structure in creativity works better than just do whatever you want. Doing whatever you want is a little overwhelming. You know, it's a little bit too open-ended and people don't know where to start. So a lot of times, you know, the creative prompts are really good. Having, you know, sometimes almost thinking in the box is, 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 is a way to get more creative. You know, it, it depends, but I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there because I know that there's, there's a few myths about, you know, you just open the floodgates and just do whatever you want and that's going to spur creativity. And it actually, it sometimes doesn't work. So there are processes. Yeah. I think that's really helpful because I think that people might feel that, right? You know, and I've certainly had those moments and I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Oh. And I, at the age of 44, am working on feeling like I am a creative person. So there is another case in point. We've all got some stuff to work through. But when I sit down in front of an empty canvas, which is not nearly often enough. I mean, what have I been doing this last year? Well, I've been trying to build a business. But (laughs) I sit down in front of an empty canvas and I'm just like, "Uh, I don't know. Right. And so that's such a good point. If you feel like you're not creative just because you don't have that image spring to your mind and you're like, this is what I want to create, you know, that I think can start to hold some people up too in and of itself. So I love that you're, let's start with a prompt. Let's work with the framework and then decide what rules we want to break. Right. Like, there you go. And go for it. So there's been studies about this. For instance, they've told children, they're looking at a clock, okay? And you see like the the second hand go around. And they ask the kids, what else could you use for a second hand going around rather than just like the stick? So they might say uh, a pretzel or a toothpick or a pen. And then if you ask them, what animal could you use? Or what is something alive that you could use? it gets them thinking really differently, right? You would never think like a snake or a worm or a cat's tail. I mean, it just wouldn't necessarily come to you until you ask a different question. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, it is about asking the right questions sometimes. That's kind of where you need to go to focus your mind when you think of being creative though you're thinking like so open-ended but the focusing can actually make you even more creative and we know that too with problems right people want to solve a problem i mean they're very focused on solving a problem and then what happens they do all sorts of things to create solutions to that problem and sometimes it doesn't work and they end up creating something else altogether but in the focus of solving something they actually get very creative so there's a lot of ways to look at being creative I love that. And I do think that we need that permission to heal, to take some time and to recognize, right? Because that first rule that you have, you know, you have to trust yourself. That's where a lot of us have gotten hung up. We start to hear that voice, you know, be it the teacher, the parents saying, oh my gosh, you colored marker on the walls, whatever it was (laughs) that we did and broke rules. And then we stopped trusting ourselves. So I think that's why it's so wonderful, you know, with this opportunity to have a workshop, to have permission 
to play, to color outside the lines, to get validated, like whatever choice you make, it's a great choice. Make your choice, make another choice after that. Exactly. <laughs> are there, um, so you mentioned there are some myths about creativity. Are there some others too that we haven't? Oh yeah. So this idea that there is a right brain and a left brain, right? So the right brain people are creative and the left brain people are more logical. That's, that is um, unequivocally not true. And they, now that they've done the brain imaging and whatnot, they know that to not be true. So when you're being creative, you're using all of your both right brain, left brain, it's all working and all everything is lighting up. And that's why being creative is also so valuable to our health mentally and emotionally and physically, because it does use so much neuro neurological gray matter that's happening. And they've done studies also with seniors that have said that being creative is the single most uh, beneficial thing that they could do in terms of extending their uh, life and, and reducing mortality. So I know a lot of people want to do crossword puzzles and that's good and Sudoku puzzles and that's good and even staying physically active of course is very, very good. But it turns out that being creative really gets everything going and plus you feel proud of yourself, it gives you more confidence, kind of have a purpose, it reduces stress. So there, mm -hmm. it really does do it all in one activity. And they've discovered that. I love that. And I think that's really powerful information to have too, that it's not just, a, oh, <laughs> you're only using your, your right brain, you know, and I always get it confused, which one is which, which is funny. Cause yeah, I know it seems like right brain should be more logical, but in turn, but it's, yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And that it does stimulate all the faculties, not just that out of the box thinking, but also the, right? And when you give yourself that space, other solutions, other connections start to come together too, which is what I always love about that, getting into that zone. Right. And so the other myth we kind of talked about is that, you know, you need to kind of go out into the middle of nowhere. You need to just, you know, clear your mind of everything before you get this inspiration. And I can kind of see where that happens because, you know, people get those eureka moments, but really creativity comes from input. You want quality input. You want ideas. You want images. You want to make connections. And then oftentimes what happens, you're in the shower or you're driving and you're not thinking about it and aha, you have that eureka moment. But it's not because, you know, you specifically went out to think about nothing to clear your mind, right? I mean, it's, you're, in, you're intaking things, you're intaking things. And then when you relax into it, it kind of bubbles up and up into you. So I know some people think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go away for a week and get really creative and just sit in silence and, med you know, and I mean, meditation is good. I'm not trying to say but you do need input. You do need stimulus to, to be creative. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. I think that might be one of the myths that it just sort of happens out of nowhere. Yes. And I think that really goes to exactly what you were saying before, like with a couple of prompts, with a little bit of structure, then we feel safer to explore and start pushing the boundaries, right? right. It's a little less intimidating than sitting there and being like, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> right, exactly. And also it gives your mind a place to focus. You know, it's like, okay, what are you thinking about? 
you know, it's hard to like multitask and just think about everything. So you, you, you kind of need some direction. Yeah. So those are a couple of the myths and there are a lot of benefits. Like I talked about the health. A, a lot of times they say being creative will save you money. It'll save you money because, well, if you're creative enough to fix things that could save you money, but it also, in my opinion, you feel more filled up. I think a lot of people shop to fill themselves up, right? So it's like, I mean, now, even in the time of COVID, you're like online, like looking for that special something, like, what can I buy? What can I buy? What can I buy? <laughs> right? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And when you're, cre when you're doing creative things, you're spending your time with that and it fills you up and you're like, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I just want my paper and my pen and, you know, my crayons or whatever it is. So it could really help you save money that way. I love that. That is such a great insight. And I think that's absolutely true. I mean, because that's how we fall down that rabbit hole of shopping online is, well, we have extra time and, oh, I'm already here. Or how do I need to round up this basket so I don't need to pay shipping? And we just keep on clicking, clicking. Yeah. And if we have that fulfillment elsewhere... Mm, that's terrific. We do not need more stuff. We do not need more stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's another kind of benefit. And it can also make you more productive. That was the other thing Ooh. that creativity can do. And of course, it solves problems. It can make you more productive. It can give you more inspiration. You feel like, you know, you've done something. And when you do one thing, you're ready to do something else. And so it goes. The tree starts to grow. Yes, that momentum. The momentum. Yeah, I love to try to illuminate that, you know, and even emotionally, we get stuck in these lower vibration emotions and, and it's a matter of inertia. It takes something to get us out of that, right? So if we're in that momentum of possibility and creativity, and then we're working at a higher level, in my opinion, Yeah. you know, vibrationally, we're calling in more things, we're engaging, we're curious. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you were saying earlier too, about how it can help us feel better about ourselves. And I think that having self-esteem or feeling worthy is an issue that so many of us struggle with. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, maybe not okay to talk about. We don't feel like we can look for resources or support in those areas. It's kind of like an inside job. Mm. Whereas when we can really tap into something and be like, I made that, you know, it's just evidence. Like I can make things, I can create things, I can follow through, you know, whatever it is, I can come up with something new and unique. And then in the next experience, you're like, I can come up with something new and unique for this too, you know, and keep that going. Exactly. And I find that it happens in my dance classes a lot. So people will start with me and dance. And of course, they'll feel like they have two left feet or, you know, this is very new to them. But once they do one class and they just finish it, they're like, wow, I just did a lot of movement and I did that. <laughs> and then they come back the next time and it's just that much easier. And, they're, yes. and they start feeling stronger in their body and they start having more balance and they start having more grace. And now they know what's coming in the class and they get more and more confident. And then they can call themselves a dancer. And it's a big thing for people. And it's, it's a good thing for people. And it does give you that, that confidence, like you said, which of course spills over to other things, not just dancing 
in your living room with Zoom. But although we all should be doing more of that, we could all be doing more of that for sure. <laughs> because staying active in the time of COVID is really tough too, right? Nobody's going to the gym. I mean, now I think things are opening up, but still, it's been a tough year. It's the COVID nineteen spread, right? We're <laughs> yeah, exactly. Packing around Packing a little around extra because we just haven't been. And people, you know, that were working from home, I haven't seen a number yet to disprove this. So I'm still quoting the same thing. And this was a shift that happened really early on. I think by um, May or June, I saw that American workers were clocking in three hours more per day on average. Oh, wow. Actually, and this number came from a virtual private network company. So they were clocking the work hours of employees who are logging into systems from home, which blew my mind. I'm like, but we gave up the commute, you know, right? don't we have extra free time? And parents who are working from home are also having to manage their kids' schoolwork. Plus, oh, maybe I'm more distracted. I should spend more time. Or maybe bosses and management were a little skeptical or, you know, those boundaries got blurred, right? The email notifications going off after hours. And so anything to put into our schedule for self-care, to put parameters on that. So I've been trying to talk people in for months to having a dance break after work. Replace that time of your commute, that kind of like debrief time between work and personal life mm. with a dance break and put on music that you can't help but move to and move for 15 minutes Yeah, after you've been stuck in a chair for eight to 10 hours. That's a great idea. But of course, doing it <laughs> and thinking exactly. it. <laughs> I could do are, a lot better on that myself. Two completely different things and getting the motivation to do it. And it, you know, that's why people had to go to the gym. I mean, that's, you know, you, it's hard to do this stuff at home. We could all sit down and do 20 push-ups or whatever, 20 sit-ups or stretch. I mean, you know, we don't need somebody to show us how to do some crunches, right? We can all lie on the floor and do this. But for some reason, we just don't have the motivation or the impetus or, you know, without somebody saying, okay, let's all do this together. We're all going to lie down on the floor. We're all going to do yeah. 20 crunches right now. But it's a great idea. And maybe you want to lead a, a teen minute dance workout. <laughs> that would hold me accountable. That would help me be better about my own suggestion. Yes, it would. You'd have and I've definitely recognized too, like that is one of the ways in which I am accountable. If I tell someone I'm going to do something, then I will save face by following through, you know? So sometimes I build that in, I'll set myself a goal and then I'll tell someone I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. And there are more ways in which I can use that to my advantage. Definitely. And I think that just recognizing what motivates us, right? Some people accountability is like the opposite of help. You know, you're going to rebel against it. Oh, you don't get to tell me what to do. Sure. I'm not going to do it because you brought it up. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. And then reverse psychology. Well, don't you ever do this, <laughs> you know? But I think that any way in which we can get to know ourselves better, you know, get those insights, if that's journaling, if that's moving our body, which like you were saying, we so desperately need to do more of especially as much more time as we're spending sitting in front of screens these days and exercising those creative connections. I think, you know, all helps, helps know ourselves, helps 
understand what we can be capable of. Like you say, you know, that first dance class can be completely overwhelming and, oh, I don't want to go back next week. But if you write it out for a couple of weeks, I loved what you said. Oh, now I understand what's coming next. I feel more comfortable and start working outside of our comfort zone more easily. Because I think that is something that people are not comfortable being uncomfortable, right? We're in that comfort zone. And even though it might not serve us, even though life pre-COVID wasn't the healthiest and happiest, everybody's been waiting for a year to get back to normal. Like, well, okay, if we expand our zone here, if we work on the edge of it and grow, what could we create for ourselves? We tend to feel like, no, I'll just stay here. It's comfortable, even though, you know, it's kind of like the frog in the pot. The water's getting a little hot, but it's not uncomfortable enough yet to make a change. So sometimes we need that little push. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone is the way we grow. And it is scary, but it is the way we grow for sure. And there's, you know, a lot of research about that. But back to your point of doing things. I do have a online PDF that I could share with your audience. I think that would be terrific. Yes, please. It's actually back to your point of getting to know yourself. That's what it was. That's what kind of triggered that idea in my head. This is a PDF. There's three activities. There's three writing activities. And it is a way to kind of tap into yourself because you have the answers. That's another thing I think. I think we all have the answers inside of us. But getting to the answer is really tricky. So these activities are some ways to sort of find those answers. And uh, they're writing prompts, but they're very simple. And they're just a way to kind of get your mind to think a little differently and to reflect and to find that inner genie. Yes. Yes. Because in there, you know what needs to be done. You know what you need to do. And asking the right questions and and listening and having a way to get to those answers is really important. Definitely. And I think that to that point, the better we know ourselves, the more that we can trust ourselves. Yeah, good point. Exactly. And the more you trust yourself, the more creative you are, and the more creative you are, the more you know, healthier you are, and it just snowballs. It just, We've got that upward spiral going, right? We've got that upward spiral growing. Into momentum. The more you create, the better you feel about yourself, the better you feel yourself, the more you create, the more you create, the more things happen, you know, and so it goes. Oh, and so it goes the direction we want to be moving. So how can people find out about your workshops? So my website is bonniewallacedance.com. That's pretty easy, right? bonniewallacedance.com. And on there uh, in the menu, I have, I think it might be under events and getting creative. And that's where you can download the PDF. Um, You can sign up for a free class. You can find out about workshops. So it's, it's all there. If you go to bonniewallacedance.com. Beautiful. So whether it speaks to getting your body moving, coloring outside of the lines, all of the above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So of course, your listeners are also welcome to sign up for a free online dance class. They can do that at Bonnie Wallace Dance too. They can see the schedule and, and register and sign up for a free class. Awesome. You need about six by six minimum space, I would say, you know, obviously the zoom, the computer in a place that you can move comfortable clothes. If you have a mat, because we do do floor work, you can bring a mat. But aside from that, you can just zoom in and move with us. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. 
Terrific. And I do think that, you know, even when we get back to normal, when we resume in real life interactions, I think that some of this is going to stick with us because when you don't have to drive, you know, it's just that much easier. It's one less hurdle to overcome, to get your body moving in a dance class, to sit down and give yourself a block of time in which I've committed to get creative. I'm going to play around and work with some different media and give myself this space. So I, I think that this online platform, even though we're a little cranky with it right now, I think that there's so much benefit. And I hope that this does continue to bring down barriers. I'm with you 100%. I, um, I must admit, for the dance, there are some hurdles. I even after, you know, I left the dance studio and came on Zoom, I did lose quite a few of my students who could not transfer to the online for different reasons. They didn't have a good computer. They didn't have a good place in their home. They have a small apartment, whatever it was. They've got kids running around. They've got dogs. You know, they just couldn't. And their mindset too, I don't know if you've ever gone to the gym or a class, getting to the studio is sometimes the hardest part, right? Do I really want to go? Do I really, really want to go? But once you're there, you feel so good. And so that energy was missing a little bit from the online, I must admit. You know, it's not the same. But those students, and I'm getting new ones all the time, who never danced with me in the dance studio. And who can find the time, who can find the space both mentally and physically and can tune out it and, you know, zoom into this are really enjoying it and benefiting from it. So it's a paradigm shift. You know, we have to make ourselves available mentally and emotionally and physically to this new online reality. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just like you say, like recognize the benefits that we can get from it rather than the friction. Exactly. (laughs) But I agree with you a hundred percent, not having to commute so nice, you know, the comfort of your own home, the privacy of your own home. It's just so easy. I don't know what I'll do when the studio is open. Actually, the studio here is open for outdoor classes, but you have to wear masks. I'm not inclined to dance with a mask on, but presumably that's going to go away. And then I'm not really even sure when I'll feel like I really want to get back into the studio. It's a, uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in much the same place as other things are opening back up and, you know, my one-on-one or the bodywork clients that I had stopped seeing months ago or reaching back out. It's like, I don't know if that fits in my schedule. (laughs) So we'll see, we'll see what shape this takes as we move forward. You know, it it continues to be malleable, but I love the um, opportunity to be flexible and to have that open mindset and say, what shape is this going to take? So I'm curious too, I love to ask if you have any practices that you use when you start to feel stressed that help you get centered or come back to balance. Well, of course, my dancing is is biggest thing. And we do a lot of breathing in my dance class. So I'll always, you know, take a deep breath, fill up your lungs and then let it go. I mean, of course, that's a pretty simple, basic thing that people do. That's easy to forget. So thank you for the reminder. Oh, okay. So big breath, fill up your lungs, 
fill up your whole body. You know, a couple of them are really important. And then, you know, movement, walks, I mean, anything that gets the adrenaline going, of course, is, is excellent therapy. But in terms of like my creative writing stuff, which is a little bit different, one of the things I love to do are acrostic poems. And an acrostic poem is when you take a word or a phrase, but usually it's just one word, and you write it vertically. So like dance or whatever, you know, if I'm in the mood. So I put D-A-N-C-E, you know, vertically. And then each sentence starts with those letters. So D, you know, dancing is a lot of fun. A, always moving is a great way to enhance your body. N, never quit. And so when I feel stuck, or when I feel like I don't have the answer, when I feel like I don't know what to do next or whatever it is, I will do an acrostic poem. You know, whatever the problem is, if it's money or whatever, kids, stress, and I will do an acrostic poem on that uh, word or, or ideas. And it just kind of takes, it shifts my brain. It absolutely does. No, it, it absolutely, they've, they've recognized it in studies that it, it takes us out of that reflexive stress response, that amygdala response, and puts us back in our prefrontal cortex. Writing is exactly what they recommend, but using words. And I love that creativity, that ability to you know, have expression. That's just perfect. I'm going to do acrostic poems. Yeah, acrostic. That's my new favorite tip. Yes, that's the thing I love to do. So those are the kind of activities that I do in my workshops. You know, really simple, again, for like, sixth graders, right? I mean, but the thing is, when you do it, you can come up with something really beautiful and profound, even though it's like this simple acrostic poem. And as adults, we're going to have a little more subtleties and whatnot than children. But, you know, it's all good. And, and it really comes out beautifully and very profound, even though it's this simple, simple writing prompt, simple poetry prompt. Sometimes yeah. simple is the best the best, the best place to start, the best thing to come back to. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for creating these spaces. I love the work that you do. And I'm so glad you were able to join me and share these ideas and people can check out your website. It'll be in the show notes and grab that creative activities download that they can pick up. Yeah. It's the um, creative genius starter pack. Brilliant. And, it, and the download is there. So awesome. The Thank you so much. I love the work that you're doing and thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. You're so welcome. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, Keep on shining.